It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner, joined by Chad Brendel of BearcatJournal.com and Rick Roaring from MusketeerReport.com. Welcome into the podcast. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com, digital sports columnist and editor, along with Chad Brendel from BearcatJournal.com and Rick Roaring from MusketeerReport.com. we got a lot of ground to cover on this Sunday slash Monday where UC comes off a victory at East Carolina. We'll touch on Kentucky taking on Arkansas, and, or excuse me, uh, taking on Auburn, and a, a good story that I think you're going to share a little bit later on <laughs> pertaining to a certain Kentucky fan I, and their Kentucky fandom that's a little out of control. I laughed for an hour last night, yeah. like le- legitimately, uncontrollably laughed for an hour. You touched on that story with us before the podcast. I'm looking forward to you sharing it with everybody because it will tell you <laughs> the, just the lengths of Kentucky fans at, at, at times for sure. We'll look across the national landscape where another exciting day of ACC basketball on Saturday occurred, and of course, we will start, though, with Xavier traveling to Butler and still not being able to get a stop as we speak right now because they don't have to anymore. That's yeah. the good part, Rick. Uh, Butler, Butler just scored again. Kamar like Baldwin, bucket. Yeah. Wow. What what a he game he had, good, second half man. he had. Yeah. What a freshman he – I mean, he's going to be a heck of a player in this yeah. conference. Right, forward. Let's cut to the chase of this. We'll break down the game a little bit. I know people, especially whatever whatever fan base it is, when you believe you have a good team on your hands and they lose at any point in time, especially – um, losing two in a row, no matter who it's to, no matter when it comes, suddenly there's something wrong. There's nothing wrong with going to Villanova and losing, and there's nothing wrong with going to Butler and losing, but you you want to stop the bleeding as quickly as possible, and, and they don't really have a chance to take a deep breath and stop that bleeding very easily against Creighton on Monday. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, again, I just said it on TV. We're in Local 12 headquarters here. We just re- recorded a segment for Sports Authority before we recorded this podcast, and the, the thing I said about this is the fact that Creighton, if you take personnel into account, they're probably the toughest matchup out of these three games for Xavier. Yep. So I don't necessarily expect this to go better than the first two games did. Obviously, at the Centos Center, obviously they're staring down the three straight losses potentially. So they're going to have a lot of emotion. I imagine the fans are going to be behind them for certain. But it's not great that it's a 2 p.m. game, 2 p.m. game instead of a late night game right. where people get lubed up and really get get rowdy. So I don't know that it'll be the best atmosphere in the world. They're going to need the fans. They're going to need to make shots, and they still might not beat this Creighton team because it's a nightmare matchup for them. Rick, why does this team struggle so much to take care of the ball? That's what I. The one thing, the gla- like we talked, the inside guys need to get back. Better. They need to get better at free throws, closing out games, whatever the case. Throw all that stuff out the and, window. And all those things are true. All but. those things are true. But this team is way too skilled to be as careless with the ball as they are. And I, I just don't get it at times. No, I, I agree. I mean, they're 97th in the country in turnover percentage right now. And for a team that's based on their perimeter skill right. and having guys who are high IQ players. And, and also, I mean, this this kind of goes with their whole theme of the season on offense is that they're also not shooting the ball well. And when you have a team that's supposed to be based on your perimeter skill and shooters, that doesn't work out no. very well for, for your success. So, you know, I don't know what the right answer is. And we had talked about it before the season. I said they've got a lot of moving parts on this team, even though there's a lot yeah. of the same guys back. You had Trayvon Blewett, who's in the same mold, and he's the star. But now you have Edmund Sumner, who went from being a freshman that everyone didn't think Xavier had a point guard. He was guard. great. Yeah, but, but in the second ahead. half. But looking back towards last year, yeah, I'm just that. talking about to, to the Butler game. Second half, he was great. He, yeah, I mean, he, he was, saved him. He was really good, and and you want him to be better in the first half. Obviously, he wasn't much of a factor, and he had a major mismatch. He was the guy they couldn't match up with. Right. So it was good to see him turn on the second half. He needs to play better in the first half. 
But going back to last year before the season, it was like people didn't know if Edmund Sumner was going to be good enough to give Xavier a point guard. You know, they thought D. Davis, losing D. Davis was going to be a huge issue. Turns out he's pretty good. This year he's supposed to be a star. That changes things a little bit yeah. in how you approach it, right? Yeah. Um, J.P. Makira goes from being the sixth man, spark off the bench, come in, jack a bunch of stupid shots because that's your role and you're just a spark plug off the bench. And if you miss three in a row, they take you right back out to – now you got to be on the court for 30 minutes and make good decisions consistently, right. make those shots consistently, and have teams game plan to stop you. So that's a different role. Then you had Miles Davis, who was supposed to be a glue guy, senior leader, miss half the season. Now you're trying to work not, him back not being, in. Not being very much of a leader when you're missing half the season for being a dope. No, no. So, I mean, there's just a lot of moving parts, a lot yeah. of things that haven't gone right. And it's like, here's the thing about basketball. It's good teams take care of business. They don't lose games that they're not supposed to lose. Yep. The, the really good to great teams, they win big games on the road and create a resume. To this point, Xavier looks like a good team. They haven't lost. Like, for a team that's struggled as much as they have and we have all these negative things to say about them, where's the bad loss? You right. know, they haven't had a slip-up. Right. These are all Colorado bad. maybe. It's yeah, co- the Colorado yeah. loss is not looking as good as it did at the time. But, right. But still, it's not an But, it's but not you're, an reaching, you're reaching to call that a bad. You know right, what I'm right. saying? It's, right. it's yeah. a road loss. that, yeah. you, And especially that early in the season, we kind of right. knew, hey, that might be a problem for them. This Up until this point, I had Xavier predicted to be 13-3. and three. I thought they'd go 14-3 and three and beat Butler. I didn't think Butler was going to be nearly as good as they were right. this year either. So right. at this point, Xavier's kind of step for step with what we expected them to do. Now w- w- what we have to see is kind of, here, right? yeah, where, what do they do down the stretch? Do they come together? Do they win a big game or not? And m- maybe not. Like, I'm not here to tell you they're great. I don't know. But I'm also not going to say Trayvon Blewett was a 39% three-point shooter last year on 180 attempts or whatever it was, and now he just all of a sudden stinks at shooting from the outside. I don't know if I'm buying that. Like, right, I, right. And, and well, I you, think, you and I had a conversation last night. It was a pretty lengthy one. And I said, you know, I've never thought of him, though, as a knockdown shooter. I know what the stats – I even told you, I said, I know what the stats say. I just never – He's a rhythm re- shooter, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, the, and the percentage suggests it's not 40% on 41 shots. I mean, it's a – It was a, on a ton. And correct. tough ones, step backs. Correct. Yeah. But, and that's why I guess what has changed for him. Nothing. I mean, guys go in shooting slumps. You know, like, that's the thing. And, and people on my message board are mad about it. Like, well, you told us he was confident, and he's missing shots. It's like, yeah. Well, confidence yeah. Doesn't, doesn't throw it in all the yeah. time. I mean, confidence guys, makes you keep shooting it because you believe you're going to make it. Guys, I'm irrationally confident. I didn't make many shots. I still took them. That doesn't mean you're not <laughs> right. a confident person. Right. I, like, I'm around the guys every day. It's I apples feel, and oranges. feel pretty confident saying their personality is that they're confident guys. Right. They're not performing, and he's in a slump. But that, that's why the turnover thing just uh, – yeah, shooting slumps happen, and and you're working on chemistry and things like that. But a lot of these errors, Rick, just seem unforced. They seem – like they space out for for stretches, or you know, you've got the, 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 was it was it Trayvon that had six, or it was, it was JP? Yeah, they, I mean, they combined for ten. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, between the two of them, like those two guys have to take care of the basketball. It's just you can't be crisp on offense when two of your three best players combined for ten turnovers. I mean, that's where the team should be for the whole game, and it, that's the part that's really odd to me. Like I, the shooting stuff. Hey, I'm a Cincinnati guy. I've I've seen shooting slumps. Like <laughs> right, right. those come and go. I yeah. <laughs> I've been there on that. I just thought, I thought this team would be really good with the basketball, and it, it it confuses me that they're not, and that they're they're almost poor at it. Yeah, and especially in important moments. I think yeah. that's what we've seen when it's like, hey, games on middle the line. Of that, middle of that second half yesterday, they had a stretch where it felt like they turned it over like four out of six possessions. Yeah. I don't have that in front of me. That's a guess, but no, it, it felt like a yeah, lot. If it didn't happen, it sure as heck felt like it. And and I mean, what 
I mean, do you see anything? Because I don't have a no, reason for I mean, why. I don't, I don't, it just seems like mental. It just seems yeah, and, and you careless. Can say, hey, the coach, that's the coach's fault. And maybe you're right about that. But at the same time, like Chris Mack isn't saying, hey, turn the ball over right. here. And it's like, it's not like he had issues with this last year. It just seems careless. It seems, you know, like, well, let's go like back. they're kind of forcing things and, and, and trying to make some stuff happen that's not there. Like, they're trying to force the ball movement instead of it being as natural as it was last year, maybe. And maybe that's where we get into the guys in new roles. The, yeah. The JP and Edmonds don't necessarily know how to handle, like, hey, uh, we still need to share the ball and do yeah. stuff the same way. That and, could be. I mean, you know, we might be on to something. But but I, but you're right. That's the key, and I don't know exactly what the issue is. Skinny, go ahead. And then no, I'm no. Ask I, the, I, I, that was good. I, the other part, though, too, is is Miles not not being around for the most part, and now Miles God, playing very dreadful. very much. I mean, he looked so out of shape on on Saturday. He literally looked like the old guy that decided, you know what, I'm 35 years old, and I'm going to start playing basketball again. And boy, let's see how this goes. And about two trips down the floor, you can see he didn't even his foot work didn't even look right at times and and that's where i wonder with with him I taking look, some of that pressure away i've been that you, guy by i the like way. your old I, man I, I, YMCA, I, huh? I, would you describe that for you you've said that on the phone yeah that, do you, you know you know the play i was talking about he had like that old man like leg hop where he just he, he you could tell the leg wanted to go and he wanted to go and it just wasn't going as fast as it was supposed to go because it can't and it's not ready to go that so you got to hop to you got to like, kind of hop to get yourself back it, yeah. in shape yeah, yeah. yeah it's that old man little travel move that Correct. you get away with yeah yeah he did use that but i do i wonder how much that affects affects it as well, the turnover stuff, because he is that glue guy that's going to take care of the ball, going to move it to the right place, going to be in the right place for a jump shot. And, and you know, him giving you nothing so far, and that's understandable. He's only two games back, but maybe he fixes that. I, I thought he played too much yesterday. I did too. I mean, he just – I think well, you you had to know – I mean, I said this two weeks ago. He's not going to be a factor in these games. Right. So that, when you see he misses his first couple shots, I think you got to get him out of there. That was the running joke on – are they bringing him back, you know, at the, the right time? Like, ooh, you get him. No, it's been the, the absolute worst time. Like, yeah, correct. And, and Chris has been, and maybe it's just a, a matter of him saying, look, long term, I've got to get him. Now, going. Now. Yeah, starting I've got now. to get him going. And little it, by little by little, build it up. Man, he's played stretches, like long four or five, six-minute stretches, and has done nothing. And, and I think it is that – I think it is Chris being like, hey, we've got to get him going if we're going to be our best. Yeah. But here's the thing. Does it help you if he hasn't practiced and you pretty much know, hey, he's probably not going to be ready for these games? Does it help you to put him in and have him lose confidence right away? You know no. what I mean? Like do you want him to get back it's in the a fine line. practice first? I feel like I would have gone with that strategy. Of course, hindsight is twenty twenty. If he yeah. knocks down three threes and plays well, right. then everyone's like, right. oh, well. Miles you know, is back. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's really tough. Let me ask you guys from this perspective. Where – where do you see this Xavier team? I wrote about it this morning. I think the way you view this Xavier team is probably – it probably depends on how you view Trayvon Blewett. If you think Trayvon Blewett is legitimately a star that is going to return to shooting above 37% from three and lead this team and, and they come together a little bit behind that, you probably think this team will finish pretty strong, have a solid seed in the tournament between you know maybe four through seven and, and do well – if not, if you look back and you say, hey, I don't think Trayvon's played well in a lot of big games, which there's some mounting evidence to suggest no that. Doubt. He's, he yeah. struggled in NCAA tournament games in the past and some other big he road games last Butler, year. struggled at Butler. He struggled at Villanova. Yeah, so, so there are, there's some mounting evidence to suggest that. If you're on that side, then I think you probably feel like the Xavier team isn't really that good and isn't going to be that good this year. Where do you guys come out I, on it and what do you say? See, I still think it is a good team. I, I, I think <laughs> losing at Villanova and losing at Butler in a, in a, in a vacuum isn't awful. All right, it's not. It's awful that one came after the other with a non-hard game. I think if you win Monday, I think some of this is forgotten about, and you realize, all right, you know, it was at Butler and it was at Villanova, and you know what? No one's going to Nova this year and winning. They're just not. And 
probably nobody's going to Butler this year and winning. They're probably not. It's just it, it's that hard of a place. Now you lose to Creighton with some of these same issues, then maybe you have some mounting evidence. I'm I'm going to give him Monday's game to make a determination. I know that sounds like a cop out, but I just in conference play when you're playing good teams on the road. Um, a five-point loss at a Butler is not bad. Getting blown out by Nova sucks because of the margin. Looks awful and it looks worse. But losing at Nova doesn't—it doesn't bother me. It doesn't phase me. Again, for me, I think it's just—I don't know that I have confidence that this offense is going to right itself. I want to think it is. Like I want to think Troy Copain is going to start making free throws. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I—I've I, I, seen small glimpses of it. In the couple games that were before Villanova and, and Butler, yeah, St. John's Providence, and Providence, Georgetown, Georgetown I, I, I saw it a little bit in stretches starting to look like they were getting back to that. It's been completely gone these last two games. And, and I, up until the start of Big East play, I don't think I saw it much really at all. There were just some individual performances because they've got talent that guys, were able, to, more. Yeah. That guys were able to win games. I, I just, until I see it, I just think they're a team that has top 25 talent that for whatever reason, the parts this, this year just haven't clicked. And, and going through that league, like the ironic thing is if they were in the A-10 or in the AAC this year, you'd survive a bunch of that. They'd have a lot of yeah. opportunity to start feeling good about themselves. And you're going to get some with St. John's and with your your DePaul Blue Demons and and they've kind of done that the whole season. They, yeah. Like I said, they've taken care of the games. That's why I think they're a good team, and we yeah, don't I, know if they're any better than I that. I think they're a top 20, top 25 type team. Which it's, it's funny that that's such a negative connotation for Xavier fans yeah, now when five years yeah. ago they would have killed to be in this <laughs> right, position. Right. But, I think they're a top 20, top 25 team because they're incredibly talented offensively. I think defensively they've got still got some issues. Mm-hmm. I think Malcolm Bernard has been he was great against an Stanley. excellent surprise for them. I think you know he is uh, Gaston. Eh, he's been he's not going to hurt you. Right. He's not going to give you the James Farr. Right. He's going to be a difference. And that's what we that we knew coming in that that was going to be an issue. Mm-hmm. And that's why the stars had to to step things up. Maybe we look back in two weeks and, and Miles has incorporated himself right. and the offense is running again and the ball is moving. I just don't see and, – and this might also be another direct correlation to the turnovers. I see a lot of isolation. I see a lot of guys trying to do it themselves. And maybe when you try to do it yourself and you get in trouble and then you kick it and there's, there's nobody the there there's the and the ball goes you know, to the bench – they didn't do that last year. If they played in isolation, it was the ball had moved twice, the defense had shifted three times, and somebody caught a pass on the wing and and attacked downhill and and made a play. Um, I don't think right now that it's a top 10 team. I don't think it's a top 15 team. Somewhere in that 20-25 range because the talent – you it's can't deny that the talent is yeah, still there. Absolutely. And I, I don't think, even just looking at, at the talent, even if they hit their full stride, I don't think they're a top 10 team. Like, I don't think this is actually, a t- especially this year with the yeah. teams we got, I don't think there's a top 10 talent team. The difference is you want to be able to think they can challenge those elite teams right. on a new Right now board. they can't. And right now th- there's no doubt that no, they cannot fair. do that. They cannot win against a top, a truly good team. Yep. 
in a neutral but, setting. But the one thing you do have the wild card of of, of a veteran that's that still has a, a, a six week, eight week period to get himself right and maybe help. If you out. he does, a lot of teams don't. Well, right, if he does, but a lot of teams that that are going through this, you yeah. don't have that wild card to play off of unless you got somebody coming back from injury or something along those lines. Well, well I think you have the Miles Davis wild card, and then you still have all the other stuff we're talking about, like Trayvon Blewett just absolutely like actually now, hitting his percentage, right. and also that means he gets on a hot streak and he shoots over forty percent. Right. Right. But like, and go back to the the offensive point. You're you're making really good points, and I'm not disagreeing with anything you're saying because I I do think the isolation stuff, the individual stuff, is absolutely true and a problem for this team. The turnovers are certainly a problem. But you look at this Butler game; they score 78 points. Right. They they get to the free throw line a lot. They're driving, doing what the refs are giving them yeah. in that game. And then even down the stretch, there are multiple wide open kick out opportunities for Blewett, wide open kick out opportunity for JP that they just can't put down in big situations. Yeah. And it's like. Edmund driving through the lane and throwing out to wide open, making a beautiful pass to JP on that wing late in the game. And that's the perfect. It, it, it's, 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 an, it's, a, it's an inside out step into the jump shot three. That's, that's great perfect. offense. Yeah. Not bad. Right. Not good. And great right. offense. Right. It's stepping right into it, right coming at you. Yeah. And so there's still just that thing of sometimes you just feel like if they just made shots, maybe they don't have any problems offensively. You know no, what I mean? Right. Maybe it's just yeah. a, a simple fact of they miss shots and it starts to compound themselves. They get frustrated or something. Again, so. I'm a Cincinnati fan. I understand this this topic <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. really, you're, really well. You're like, a great source of knowledge on this topic. <laughs> there, there is, on lack of shot making, he's the best There guy. is no topic that I know more than this one. Trust me. You spent a lot of time to, uh, Chuck, trying to figure this out. Chuck, we just got to make shots. Chuck, you know what, Chuck? We're just not very good. It's not very, we just to make shots, Chuck. 18 and 1, number 1 in the country. Yeah, yeah Chuck. We're just, we're just not very good. We're just not making shots. <laughs> got to make shots. Go to the glass and make shots, Chuck. I do want to touch on two other things. The, the end of the game play, the J.B. McCura throw to midcourt confused me greatly. I, I'm still not sure what was They were going to gonna foul either way. Yeah, well, right? but not yeah. if you get it on the run. Maybe you can't foul. Maybe you run away with it. So. Yeah. No, but like, you're saying they're going to foul you at midcourt too, right? right? So it doesn't help you. Right. Yeah. See, that's the, that's the same thing I took was everyone immediately jumped on me on Twitter when I questioned that call saying, well, they're going to foul him right away. It's like, well, okay, throwing the ball to midcourt doesn't change that. They'll doesn't still change foul it at all. Right. It just makes the catch harder. Yeah, right. It just means you're going to turn the ball over because you always turn that ball over throwing it to midcourt like that. Yeah. that far, not on a good pass. And and the other thing is, if you catch that ball, you've got Edmund running back backwards. towards you the, on yeah, a you, dead you, sprint. I, I would rather – I mean, it's not easy. You Trust me, you're not – To get the loop. Yeah, and, you, you, it, it's not easy. I mean, you practice it. You, you have some sets in for that, obviously. But, I mean, the best thing is either throw it high to midcourt to somebody for a catch and toss to somebody. It's already there. That's yeah, standing. Correct. That can, yeah, correct. Or the loop, you catch it on the run. Hopefully a guy dives and misses you, and you at least can get off a 35-footer that's, that's uncontested. You're not getting a great look in that circumstance, but it beats – just throwing one to midcourt that gets batted down and stolen and gets your point guard hurt, and that's the ball game. Yeah, so, so what I guess what Chris said in the postgame, what he was looking for, and he said the same thing. Look, it's like if you, come, if you put yourself in that situation where you need that play yeah, to happen, that's true. you lost the game. That's right. Um, but that being said, they didn't have any timeouts. What he wanted was he, he did think they were going to foul immediately, so he didn't want to catch it that far from the backcourt and have to dribble up. He was hoping they could get it to Edmund with his athleticism and be able to spray something quick. Right. But they didn't have timeouts to really like draw something. No, I, they and I get trying that. to tell him on the fly, and it didn't work out. So that certainly didn't cost him the game. Game, but I agree. Like the guys should, guys should figure out something better than that. No, like, no question. I always want Edmund going towards, towards the, the rim, yeah, towards the other team, no matter what. Yeah, put a put put your foreman at midcourt and have as a him, screener or, or something, or, 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 or have him as the catcher right. and dish. You right. know, you get Edmund yeah. on a sprint down the sideline. You throw it to Kaiser, jumps up, gets it. Throws it. it, yeah. The, and the, I guarantee the, the Bryce Drew type. Correct, correct. Play. And I guarantee you they have it. It's just a matter of yeah. It just it just was not a very good. And at, last and at that chance. point, you're you're 
picking it you're picking semantics. Sauce, I mean, no you know, the, the, they just didn't play well enough to beat Butler. And, man, how wrong were we on this Butler team, bro? So, they're really <laughs> they're, good. They're really good. Kamar Baldwin, that's the thing, is I just never knew how good he was going to be. And even three weeks, four weeks of right. the season, he just, he's not putting up big numbers. But then when you see it's what so he can so important do, to what they do. He changes them so much defensively. And right. then on the offensive end, he gives you a guy that all of a sudden you have to worry about. As opposed to being Tyler Lewis, who's like, we don't right. know who's guarding him. Right. Now you've got a guy who's super athletic, super quick first step, and he can hit pull-up and one of, Yeah, one of your fa- he's got some float game. That's oh, so. really nice float And game. real quickly on Butler, because I do want to touch on one other Xavier thing from, from yesterday as well. You know, they've already now, they've got... Indiana, they, Cincinnati. I mean, they've got some... <laughs> some Xavier. Some good, but the thing Scouts. is, in the league, I don't who do they lose to at home in the league? No one. Villanova, maybe. Nova, yeah, that's it. Nova. Yeah, maybe. But I, I, and I could see Creighton giving them some problems, but um, they're, they're freaking good, man. I was so off on that roster. No, they're. I mean, honestly, at home, they're they're a very very good team. No I, question. I'll, I'll be honest. Something that's probably not real popular with Butler fans. Or maybe they're saying this. I don't know. I'm not reading Butler message boards, but not having not playing through Kellen Dunham has helped them this year. It has. They're tougher to guard. Yeah. Running everything sets for Kellen and to, running off screens yeah, having constantly. Them off having your, screens to, to your, shoot. Your whole offense was designed around that. And it just you know, actually, you know wasn't on. And, and Keelan didn't really have a good game yesterday or He's Saturday. Saved. Yeah, but, but, but he was okay. Th- that's the thing, though. It's like if Kamar Baldwin, if, if right. you're focused on stopping Keelan and Shrabbis, and then you've got Baldwin going. Like and Keith and Savage has been a little Woodson better than I expected. Shots, yeah, that's, but Avery Woodson's a shooter. Like that's, their, whole, their team knocks down shots. Yeah, guys Avery Woodson's a guy that knocked down shots at Memphis, and so that's what he does. Actually, don't forget, they actually beat Nova. That's Nova's only loss, so they beat them at home. Yeah, you're right. You're so, right. I mean, Sorry. I'm just talking about home. No, my, my bad. So, here's, here's what they've got left in the league, and this is not overly difficult. Um, it, it's, it's still a couple of Pratt falls. They've already got one Creighton game out of the way correct. right there, and they lost. There, correct. So, they got Marquette at home, at DePaul, at Seton Hall, Jordan. Georgetown, Creighton at home, um, at Marquette, at Providence, St. John's, DePaul, um, and at Nova. I mean, they've got a chance to run it to Nova, man. Well, and, and then they're going to play at Xavier, Xavier and, yeah, and then Seton right, Hall to finish up. The strange thing about them is, though, they can have a game, a road game like the St. John's game, where they, you just scratch your head and you go, what the hell happened to them? Because I think they're not overly talented. Right, like, correct. Not, that's what we said from the start. Yeah, they have to be really solid, but... They're, They're really, really solid. solid more often. I mean, you shoot ninety percent on thirty-eight free throws attempts. Right. You're, you're solid. Yeah, that's getting that's the, the job done. the definition of solid. Right. And I do want to touch on on Edmund because the, the the prevailing visual from yesterday was him on the last play coming out with his shoulder slumped over, walking to the sideline. Yep. Where, where do things stand? A little stand? dramatic. Ed, Edmund has more career-ending injuries than anyone <laughs> in the country. And, and in all seriousness, he's, like, he's the Paul Pierce of college basketball. I think part of it is he is very frail. Like yeah. He takes a lot of hits. and then you bang, I mean, he just plays Because he has 1.3% body fat and no well, muscle tone. You're so. banging your bones directly off the floor. Exactly. I'm sure it does feel like things are broke when yeah. you get up, and then you realize, you know what, I'm okay. But yeah, the guy bumped his shoulder. He had hurt the shoulder at Villanova, right. acted like it was out there, came back in 30 seconds later. Right, I, I mean, it, it's it's you would. He acted like it was for sure out. Yeah, yeah like, he was that's, screaming and doing the whole yeah. Like, that's shoulder. that's what it looks like when it's out. To yeah. fake that is is very talented. It was a pretty good fake because he even had the lean. Down it, yeah, no, it, like it, it, that's lower. what I was gonna say. That, that was the prevailing image of oh gosh, he just separated his shoulder. He's right. really really hurting him. Or it, or it came out at the, yeah, at one the, or the other. you know at the least. Yeah, and yeah. I, I've seen a lot of guys like you know UC's had a couple guys where they've had like the torn labrum. G Long Gwen had where he yeah every time he took a bump. Shoulder would come out. He'd go back behind the bench. They'd pop it back in, and then he'd come back in and play. That's, that's what. 
no, he had that look of, of it came out, and if he can fake that, that's that's very talented. Good I mean, yeah, well, he took acting classes in the off season because Chris Mack wanted him to be more vocal. No, <laughs> seriously, I don't know if you missed those stories, no. but seriously, that's that's a real thing. He did so take they, acting classes. Over so the they went through shoulder separation, dislocation, well, the, therapy. And, yeah, <laughs> apparently that was part of his improv. He had to learn. <laughs> Good so. work, bro. Good work. Uh, Creighton is the team on Monday. They lead the nation in field goal percentage, and they just have a lot of weapons. If you were trying to design a team to beat Xavier, my personal preference, the first thing I'd ask for is a small jet quick point guard that can get it under Edmund, make it difficult for him to guard him, and then play off ball screens and create. Because if you get Xavier the way they hard hedge, you get them scrambling a lot, that's the best way to beat them is if you can really decimate them with ball screens. The second thing I would ask for is a long and athletic Justin center. Patton. They've got a middle of the first round that might even be a lottery pick type long yeah. athletic center in Justin Patton. So they've got the two things i'd want first and foremost if i was trying to beat x it's and they're good around that too cole i mean they right. got shooters they got guys that are defender they're def, de, i should say they got guys that are athletic and are defending better than they were earlier in the year so that'll be the key is how locked in does creighton come on the defensive yeah. end on the road and do they continue to hit shots like they've been they'll score a lot of points either way i think xavier will score a lot of points in this game but Man, X is going to have to make shots at, at a high, high level. You can't go, can't shoot 27% from three. No, uh, they're going to have to shoot 40% from yeah. three to win this, probably, I would imagine. An 88 80 ish? Yeah, oh, it's going to be in the 80s or more. Yeah. I guarantee that. I, I don't think Xavier's kind of a, a play with your pace type of team. I don't, yeah. they don't mind slowing it down. They want to work for a good shot, they, but they're a take the first good shot type of team and if you're Creighton, Creighton will take it quickly and if Creighton will get up and running down and not defend real well in transition Creighton, X will take Creighton's not worried too. about the first good shot they're just worried about the first shot yeah yep. yeah especially right. that first half the other night against Butler it was yeah. literally way before 10 seconds the shot clock yeah. um had elapsed when they were jacking jacking them up in, in transition in the first half of play it changed a little bit in the second half but the first half they were they were off the charts uh, let's move on to UC we'll touch on the SMU game in a second but we got a fresh segment, win today by the way I think yeah. that was a good hey, segment. Excellent Xavier analysis. I hope I didn't cut you off too much or upset <laughs> your, your fan base. No, you, you weren't defensive that time. Okay, I, we, we had a very good hug, conversation. Hug hang on, just, just take a second. Hug it out. Okay. There, there's, no, there's fans, that's good. Fans, I like when you guys fans worried about us. I like when you guys hug it out just like you just did. Just I guess. Yeah. That's, nice. that's why I just got to occasionally watch you make sure you guys Hey, hug hey, out. watch your hands, buddy. Exactly. Not under the table. I'm, I'm Above uncom- the table. I'm uncomfortable with your fans saying they're starting to like me now. Like, Yeah, it's weird. The fans on my message board say they like Brendel now. See, what they do is they just they don't hear you say positive. All they want to hear is the negativity from you, and that's all they, they, that's all they expect. They don't expect con- constructive criticism well, or even, even occasionally a, a, a drop of optimism coming from you, right? Yeah, well, I mean, Brendel is – he actually knows a little bit about basketball he does. when he's not taking pot shots and vice versa. <laughs> so we've, it's just, but he, know, here's the thing. Iron he's, he's like the little kid that sees the iron skillet on the oh, stove hot. He just has to. He just, have, even though he's burned himself 39,212 times – just got to touch it one right. time. Damn it, it and, got me again. And, and what, what his fans don't realize is I've been there for 180 of the burnings, yes. so I'm a little, little more tired of them than some of the other people are. When he makes a dumb pot shot, I'm going to have to respond because I've got a whole entire fan base of my own that expects that. Yeah. So it's not personal, people. We're, we're, it's all good. Exactly. I, I have no issue with you. I, I wish we had recordings of some of the, the travels. Oh, that I can where, only imagine. Where we spend nine hours one way and nine hours the other way. And Literally, we'll spend an hour arguing over things that we don't believe. And then, and then sulking about it for the next hour? No, no, no. no. Never oh, sulking. Okay. Never, no. no. We'll get to the end of an hour Never and be like, like get or, me to the next truck stop. I'm or, getting the hell out and I'm no. getting another ride home. No. no that's L- the thing. <laughs> it's li- we'll get to the end of the hour and be like, who killed that hour. What do you want to talk about now? <laughs> 
Is that you don't you don't really believe that BS about the American Conference, do you? No, oh, just okay. just no. killed an hour though. <laughs> no, but we're in Tennessee, so we're yep, almost we're almost there. <laughs> All right. Speaking of the American Conference, UC did have a, a victory today on Sunday as we record this just moments ago over over East Carolina. Not a pretty game offensively, but they absolutely and East Carolina is terrible offensively. East Carolina is very very good defensively, but they are good defensively. Terrible offensively, but UC did exactly what they should have to a terrible offensive team. Is they basically locked them up. If it hadn't been for one kid, I mean, my goodness gracious, making well, two, acrobatic two well, freshmen. Yeah, well, the one making acrobatic yeah. layup after acrobatic Dude, layup in traffic. I, I don't, Rick. I don't know how much you went out with me that year, or the year and a half ago. Not much, I don't think, to, to see that team loaded squad with Jeremy Carter Shepard, who just goes by Jeremy. He was Jeremy Shepard, then he was Jeremy Carter Shepard, then he was Ocho Cinco, and then he was Jeremy Shepard again. Dude, he never played that good in AAU when we watched him as no. well as he played today. Yeah, I saw, we saw that team loaded team a lot, but yeah, I wasn't. Wasn't hugely impressed with him. But no, he played really well. Today. He did. I mean, he made some acrobatics, some sick circus up and under, flipping things and spinning them up off the glass. He and always did a lot of that. It just yeah, wasn't very just, successful. Right? No, no, never no, made honestly, it. the one he made, it was about the, the last decent run East Carolina had. It was early in the second half. He, he literally dribbled from the top of the key to the wing, went around one defender, another defender, help came, literally four guys. Yeah. It was a terrible, in theory, it was an <laughs> awful, awful shot. <laughs> Threw it up, and it somehow spun around the yeah. rim and in, and it was about the third one of those he had done. If that's the best you can get out of your offense, good for you. Well, and their best score was out, and their their number two score, the, the Caleb White deal for them is, is very strange. He's like their sixth all-time leading scorer. Uh, thirteen hundred plus points, and he can't he can't score right now. Right. He's been awful in conference play. Uh, he didn't score at all, so they got a little bit of offense from their two freshmen. If it wasn't for them, they might not have scored 20, thirty points. Yeah, no. 20, 30 points. <laughs> I don't think they would have. Um, you know, they're they just they're really physical, really tough, man to man defensive team. Um, they've got the seven one foot one kid in the middle that did a really. I think he blocked five or six shots. The Washington kid. Yeah, he. I mean, he did a good job. I think he got in, in Cincinnati's heads a little bit because they were kind of hesitant around the rim and they weren't really going up strong. They were waiting for him to to come over. Um, I, I think they passed up a lot of wide open shots uh, on the perimeter that I don't know what they were. You know, they'd have a guy ten feet away on the closeout and and had plenty of time on the catch to fire up a shot, and instead they'd pump fake and, and try to go by. And then when they would go by, they would pump fake in there because they'd know the big kid was there. Like, they just didn't – it just didn't look like they had it. And maybe that that Thursday, Sunday weird turnaround, the big game against SMU, oh, they no had the four-game stretch, and now you get ECU at their place, affected them some. Um, they didn't look great, but they got the win. Yeah, I thought they looked tired, honestly. I thought their legs looked tired. I, didn't think they looked, I, I thought on the defensive end they played with energy. I didn't think they played with much energy on offense. I, I agree. Mean, cutting wasn't very good. Ball movement wasn't very good. I there agree. was a lot of standing, a lot of – and I get it. I mean, that Thursday, the way – that that how emotional that game is, the fact that you have to go on the road, I do. I, I get it, but it, that's exactly how it looked. Yeah. Part of it might have been that I was writing during the game. It's funny. I'm, I'm hearing you guys talk about it. And I came away thinking, man, what a very business-like win because – Kind I, of was. Because I was – It kind of was. I was expecting that you're playing in front of 3,000 fans, no one there. It's technically 4,120, I Except believe. for Eastern Carolina's players. They are, this is their shot to screw And, and Lebo's, Lebo's leaving. He's having hip surgery yeah, so tomorrow. They've got a little energy. You've got that target on your back. So I was kind of expecting UC to go in, maybe struggle, and have a close game or, or – 
have it a little closer at the end, and really they kind of just took care of business the way they needed to without playing well, which is exactly what you want to see from a good team. So. Yeah, and Troy Copain didn't do a lot offensively, he's, but in a stretch he's got a he virus. did. But, yeah, but in a stretch, really, he, that stretch well, he had the, in the first half stretch, changed the game. It yeah, absolutely changed going. the game. They were they were tied, and and everybody's talking about Troy hasn't taken a shot right. yet. And I guess Mick called him over and said, "Are you going to play? Like, are you here to play? Or, or if you're sick, we can." sit you and, and play this one without you. And then Troy goes and scores eight in a row, goes on a personal 8-0 and, and, run. And it's the only eight, eight points he scored in the so, game. Yeah, it's the only eight points he scored in the game. And, and I, you know, he, he only took two shots, I think, in the second half. So he, he was just, three of five in the game. Yeah, he, he didn't just, shoot the ball hardly he wasn't, he wasn't very aggressive at all. Um, and, and Jacob Evans is in a slump right now. Um, and yet somehow they're still continuing to win and, but, and get the job done. I mean, they shot 32% for the game and won by nine on the road in your yeah. league, and, and that, 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 that's not supposed to happen. Right. Re- rewind that last sentence you had and play that at the beginning of the year. Right, or play it last year. Oh, oh hey, uh, Troy Copain isn't going to be good. He's not going to make free throws. He's not going to make jump shots. He's going to struggle. Jacob Evans is going to go through a slump. UC won't notice. Won't matter. Right, It'll be fine. Right, and that yeah. never would have thought no. that about this team. No, two and, months, and ago. I, and I, I haven't written my uh, article yet, but I think when I go home, I think I'm making Nizier Brooks player of the game for the stretch that he had in the second half. He had two of the <laughs> the most impressive blocks, volleyball spikes that you'll ever see within a five second stretch, and ended up with five blocks in 13 minutes. And I thought in the second half. He changed the game defensively for Cincinnati and really allowed them to to keep ECU at bay because they couldn't score. Right, yeah, that was the thing. I mean, they just kept getting stop after stop after stop, and ECU just didn't have enough to put a, put a run together. Um, while today's game was not an aesthetically appealing game, the way UC did play, though, on Thursday for yeah. a long stretch. Now, they held on for dear life at the end, but... What, 19 assists to four turnovers, I yeah, believe? Nine, is that t- 19 assists on 25 made baskets, and as much four as turnovers. Troy Copain not doing much today except for that little stretch. Awesome. He was off the charts on Thursday. That Again, they held on for dear life at the end, had to get a, a stop at the end. But still, the bottom line is that's still a really good win. Yeah, SMU is really good. I mean, they're not deep. The, there's not a lot to them. But Simi Ojale is I, – I, th- I, I thought for sure Diedrich Lawson was going to be the player of the year in this conference coming in. I'm going Shimmy Ojale. I mean, that kid, he can do it all. And they are so aggressive, and they just do not stop coming at you. You know, play after play after play after play. They're never, they never back down. Um, so uh, I thought it was a very good win. Uh, I, and I can't a, remember what you said on third. What, what, what was the offensive rebounding total you thought was a decent, a manageable number? No, what I said was uh, they're going like, to get beat on the glass. Right, they right, can't right. get blown out. I didn't know a specific, I don't think I named a specific okay, I number. You might have. Well, what we said was it can't be 46% or whatever their number. Yeah. It needed to be down right. around 30%, right. and I think it was 33% or whatever. Um, so they, they managed them on the glass. Um, and didn't didn't allow themselves to get beat up on the glass. The funny thing is, we mentioned that we were saying like if you if you're getting 42 percent of your offensive rebounds, you're literally shooting to miss. And then when I watched the game, I found out they really do do that. Like <laughs> yeah. there are moments where like the, like Ojale yeah. specifically from seven feet, he'll kind of just like lob a one handed shot at the rim and then go get it himself. Yeah, yeah. and he does it re- like he uses that as they're, a tool. I, I mean, they just attack and attack and attack and attack the offensive glass. It's they're impressive to watch when they're playing like that. It's kind of a unique system. Yeah. like it's like building your style off of just being big athletic offensive rebounders is kind of a, a neat idea. I don't hate that idea. No, I, they don't have a point guard. Like, they don't have a system. That It's just... I, th- I think you should maybe make a it. few adjustments like having a point guard, but... <laughs> but, but that's and maybe occasionally making the first shot, not having to go chase it down, but if you can't, 
Go chase it down. It is, but hey, if you, if you say we're not going to recruit with the top guys, we got to right. find something that works. Just for us, find some athletes. That's that's very similar to like what VCU did. We were talking yeah. about that last week. It's it's something that fits you, and you know you can recruit your type of guy, and then that allows you to go get a kid that hey, like he's not good enough our level, so I know I can absolutely get him. Right. But he fits exactly what, what I want to do. Still work in our system, and that's kind of a cool way to to play. How much as this season goes along, though, and, and you don't see him all the time, but obviously you cover the league enough, and you see enough in the league. How much is their depth gonna gonna catch up to SMU at some? You point? know what, Skinny, uh, this has been SMU for four years they've had seven guys right. because guys keep getting suspended and in NCAA trouble right, with yeah. Barry Brown like there was always something going on to where well, SMU's down to seven guys and it's never affected them I, I think over the past four years they've just learned to play like this you know with Temple it was definitely something you could see coming that they were starting to wear down with this group I, I think the way that they play and the style that they play no, they were coming on at the end yeah I mean they don't they don't wear down I, the the amazing part of that game I don't know how closely you guys were paying attention to it the opening stretch of the second half they played six minutes without a whistle they didn't get the under eight media timeout yeah. until under 12 yeah, that, that game I tweeted was something quick. about that because because Mo was Mo uh, Edgar who was you know working the yeah. game obviously he, he tweeted something about a bad foul call at the like the 14 minute mark and I was like it was a terrible call I think the ref was just exhausted he's it's like just got no, guys no, guys were no it didn't come until under 12 yeah and, that's right it was and under guys 12. were like you could see like when it got to like 13 and you don't minutes that, and you don't realize how long that stretch is and just yeah, constant. Dude, just, if you're just running and, right? and playing as hard as those two teams Right. were playing and that like if you go back and watch that stretch it was bucket 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 three three bucket bu- like they were going at it for those eight minutes and I think that had an impact down the stretch um although you wouldn't have known it from SMU because right, they were like I said they, they were, were coming they on. were coming at the very end so um it was I mean it was a fun game and and it was a, a win UC needed and to finish that stretch 4-0 like we talked about no doubt. that was the big part of the season and for then them not slip up in like a game like today where it would have right. been easy to slip right. up and not do and it. now you get Temple at home you, and they're you, dreadful they're, they're, they're just really awful. struggling right now you would hope they don't have a you know all of a sudden the three ball starts falling for them and yeah they're one in five in the league I mean that that speaks volumes and, and, but they haven't they're, they're, they did. They right, haven't. They I haven't know. made threes. Right. Is why they're one and five in the league. That's pretty much yeah. what they're relying on. But they're in a good spot. Real quick, just that you bringing up Mo, that end of the game situation. You see them rim out. I can't believe it. I don't know how it down. missed. It either. was three quarters of the way down. Then they get a stick back attempt from point blank with not much resistance and totally blow it and you yeah. see hangs on to win and then everybody obviously says you know oh that's a game they would have lost last season and Mo had a big thing sort of how like it's not that they're lucky it's that they're better I totally agree with but, the but there is a there is a there's a hint of bad luck last year and there's and a hint of luck. good luck this yeah, year no, and, and that happens absolutely. But, but I don't think saying I think when you're saying that when you're saying like hey last year they didn't get any of these breaks consistently this year they're getting all the breaks when you're, what you're better saying, you get your breaks what you're what you're saying is they're a better team this year yeah. because like that consistently happens to teams that aren't quite good enough is they're close enough and they don't get yeah. the break to go their way. Maybe it's confidence because you have maybe it's doing, Roosevelt maybe. Jones picking up a bad pass from half court and laying it in at the horn. It could or, be anything, but, yeah. but how many times do we see that where it just seems to be, yeah. it's terrible luck. Just, just like the end of that game. Come on, man. That's a wide open layup that you, they yeah. missed. Should, yeah. I, yeah. They right. just missed it. Yeah. You can't. You see, didn't do anything to make that play. They right. just did. Why is that? I don't know. But it seems to happen to them a lot this year, but which maybe, makes me but, think but they're the doing thing. the maybe right that, thing. Maybe that maybe that would have been in a position where that layup would have won the game rather than tied the game because exactly. you allowed them to have already and they tied call the game. A foul. And they call yeah, right, something goofy like that. So you at least had yourself in position to the very worst. Yeah. They were going to tie it on that layup. And and, and the big but, takeaway from ECU today, by the way, fifteen to seventeen from the free throw line. How about that? 
We need to see more of that. That helps. <laughs> that helps put, 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 helps put points on the board. Well, ECU one one was 12 of 17. Let's say you flip them. Yep. It's a three-point game at the end. And, and ECU, it's, one, it's a one-possession game, yeah. Yep. Mick must have had the players shoot after they ran this week in practice. Yep. I heard he was going to do that. I heard he, I, he actually – Well, I told him you said something about it, and he was like – I heard he went online. Oh, he hadn't seen that drill yet. Found, heard, co- found Coach's clipboard online. And it said free free throw drills, and it talked about running beforehand to get guys tired, so they simulate game circumstances. I, it's a, it's gen, I think it's genius. I don't know about you guys. I can't believe people haven't thought of it. I I, how did I never hear this before the last show? I didn't. It's funny. I'm gonna, I may start doing that with my own kids. Just, I, I didn't just know that either. That. They really do. I think it's a good idea. Yeah. I mean, I, I always thought get it start. Yeah, a practice. start a practice. Yeah. Shoot free throws. Yeah, yeah. Good way to good way to warm up. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Get get your get, and also, get a sweat going. I, I always thought, hey. Shoot ten or twenty and you're done, right? Like no need to overboard. It's not repetition. No. Like, Why would you need muscle, muscle memory? memory? Like, no. shoot, shoot. Like teams are telling me shoot two hundred of them. Like that's a pretty good idea. Maybe. Oh, that's a lot. That'll you know, tire you that's out. That's a yeah. lot. You can't yeah. do. You can't tire yourself but out like that. I don't know. Rebound your, yeah. I've seen some college teams improve from it. I don't know. It well, maybe like if you rebound. Your, maybe if you rebound your own. Yeah, that's a good point. Take a little break from time to time. <laughs> step off the line. All that stuff. Get a water. Yeah, there you go. get a water. There we go. Um, and lastly, yeah, the UC does play Temple um, on Wednesday night, I believe, this week. Yeah. Um, so, it, again, this should be a continuation of an undefeated start in the league. Can I say something real yes. quick? As bad as that last 30 seconds, two minutes, whatever it was that we talked about free throws, mm-hmm. suck to listen to for listeners at home. Yes. This is how we feel when you talk about free throws on our message board. Correct. <laughs> this is how stupid it is. Right. Okay? Just, just oh, clearing I, that I, up. I, I thought I learned. In case, something. in case you didn't know, we were talking about you. Yeah, we're we're trying to annoy you, so you'll oh, quit annoying us. That's I, the I thought I was learning something. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank, I'm sorry. Thanks, guys. You're I appreciate welcome. the lesson. Well, we're here to educate you. I know. And our listeners. Thank goodness. Thanks. And annoy them so they'll stop annoying us. I, if I could only get my legal pad, I'd have jotted down a note on that. Just, <laughs> hopefully I don't forget. I'll remember. Coach's clipboard. Send them a text. Yeah. Send me a text. Run and then shoot. And then right? 200 free throws. Yeah. 200. Okay. Repetition. Muscle Repetition. memory. Muscle memory. Oh, that's key. Like okay, like putting, yeah, all that stuff. All right, um, touch on on uh, Kentucky uh, with another win. We're going to let you save your story to the end, though. Yeah, they, well, it's, they, it's, they it's an ending story, and kind of a weird weird vibe between Cal and, and Bruce Pearl. Bruce Pearl's gotten under every coach's skin in America. Well, let's face for that. those that, that that don't recall, Cal was at Memphis. Bruce was at Tennessee. Tennessee. They played a couple times, and then I think Tennessee were they home backed home? out of. They, were they home and home for that, or was that they didn't neutral that? Did I they? think they home and homed it for a while, and then Tennessee. Tennessee backed out of it. Pearl pulled okay. Tennessee out of it. Okay. And it pissed Cal off. And there was bad blood. Pissed him off so bad he left for Kentucky. There was bad blood between between Pearl and Cal. And Pearl refers to it. And Cal's just like, oh, there's bad blood. I don't even remember him. Like, <laughs> I'm in Kentucky now. Screw that guy. Yeah. Interesting. But I have great respect for him. And I always have. I always have. Um, and so... When you have respect for a coach like that, and I do, I want to challenge John. I want him to have to prepare to play Auburn. You know, I want him to be pissed off that we beat him last year. They weren't a great team, and we made some shots, made some plays. It was a tough place to play, and it matters if you can beat John Calipari in Kentucky. It matters. Did they beat us last year? <laughs> oh, they did? Oh. Yeah, I'm pissed off. They beat Look, guys, I'm going to say it again. I literally, I'll fight during the game. I know officials think I take, I don't make it personal. I don't care. I don't, some of the officials, now, they're going to get mad. I don't even know their names. 
I'm just coaching my team, trying to help them win. I don't want to fight my team the whole game, which I did today. The other coach, I'm not, look, good for him. I hope he does well. I'm not, I don't take it personal. If I did, anytime I lost, I'd give the other guy no credit. I'd be mad and, you know, I, hey, he did good. He coached, like today, Bruce did a hell of a job to keep his team in this game. We're a good team and they had a chance to beat us. Did a heck of a job, but he lost. Now, is he pissed? <laughs> yeah, I think the funny thing about all that is is just the fact of, like, back then when you mentioned Bruce kind of canceled that and Cal did care and there was a rivalry, and now that Bruce has kind of faded to irrelevance with Auburn and everything, he's trying to get it back on track, he wants to stir this back. Yeah, up. Cal's time. like, he means nothing to me. You are an ant. You are a peasant. <laughs> I don't care about you. You're, you're at Auburn, which is in the bottom tier of this bottom tier you league. You're a fleet, and I'm the big dog. <laughs> I did say, I, I'm, try, I'm trying to figure out if anybody will play Kentucky within 20 they were close. They were on the 20-point line. Will well, anybody but, play within 20 of them at home? I watched your Floridas again, by the way, Saturday. They suck. They're okay for that, con- for that conference. Okay, for that conference. They're the next well, best. You know, the, the crazy thing about the Kentucky game was it, it, it was, what, eight with seven and a half minutes left, and yeah. Darren Fox fouled out. No, right. It, it, it looked dicey for a moment. And it was like, oh, hey, this, this might get and at, least, at least kind of interesting. And then the foot went on the gas. Malik Monk hit that windmill. Tomahawk along the baseline and, and bam yoked on a couple people and next thing you know squash and 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 if we're gonna say anything about Kentucky bam is getting better yes rapidly yeah it's the least surprising thing in the world right I mean, we knew so by mid season we knew it was gonna come I mean that's the thing with big guys it, he's not gonna come in like Malik Monk but halfway through the season watch out. Yeah, like Kentucky, they don't even need to like play all that well. They just need to legitimately flip that proverbial switch of, right. like, let's try and, and really get after it for a few minutes. And then one or two or three other guys just take wave. over. Because it's, it's just, it is. It's yeah. just a wave. And that's the other thing. They scored 12 points in 30 it, it, seconds. Yeah, like, like that. Whining Gabriel, Gabriel, 16 rebounds. Derek Willis stinks, so it's good to see Gabriel start uh, they need that. coming together. I mean, yeah. They need that. Kentucky this week plays at Mississippi State on Tuesday, then uh, plays South Carolina on Saturday, and that is that is their week ahead. Who coaches Mississippi State right now? Uh, what's his face? The guy from UCLA, drawing a blank. What's the hell? What's oh, his name? yeah, yeah, Howland. Thank you, Ben Howland. Ben Howland. Yeah. That, that, that's good enough for me. There's going to be a lot of dings in post-production. Yeah, there are. Yeah. There are. I, I, I was kind of wait, kind of was waiting for there, actually. Yeah, little, I, but, knew, I knew you were. You were but, disappointed that we didn't have the board set I, up. I, you I, did a double ding I there. felt pretty good coming in, and I, know. I just had like a tickle. Yeah, take, take another sip of water. I've had like a tickle. Take another that's lozenge. You need one of those. Those will be good for you. Um, we talked on Thursday about NKU playing at Milwaukee and how much that, that was a, a chance for them to get a bounce-back win. And fortunately for them, it turned out to be another loss. That was a disappointing swing for them in, in Wisconsin. Yeah, I think they were just exhausted. I mean, they just completely wore down and, and did not play well against a team that they were better than on the road. And it was a third third game, I think a 10-day stretch. Now they have like eight days off until they play again. Right, so, right. Uh, and a big game when they come back and play, right? So yeah, and, and they're going to be catching Oakland at the end of a three-game and 10-day right. stretch. So they're hoping to get a little little revenge right there. That's going to be a big-time game on the 20th, but we'll we'll talk again before yeah, that comes Yes, around. we will. Um, I do want to touch are a little bit, bit on uh, – I, I think we are, aren't I got to work. Do you? I got, you guys can go. I might go. Yeah, I think I am going to go. What do you mean you got to work? I cover high school stuff. We had plans. Oh, I might have a game. Hopefully we have a game. No, we wouldn't have a game. Yes, yeah, we would have a game that's that That's what I might be covering. Yeah, I might be having you. a game that night. Sorry. 
Go. You get free beer. More for you. Exactly. I, I was told by somebody that they tried to get into that, and they were told they weren't allowed in. Like, do you have, like, a... Is there a secret word that, v- that Rick Burring? Hey, just take your ticket down. I might. I don't know. Is it? Is it? Se- maybe it's season tickets. I don't know. I don't have season tickets, but I always get in. So because you're, you're a big time. I was. I was told somebody was denied trying to get in there last week, and I said, "Well, Rick doesn't have anything special." I've never been denied. I just well, at least in this regard. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you've yeah, never yeah. been denied free yeah, beer at halftime. I've yeah, you better never have been denied the vault at NKU. That's <laughs> exactly where we stopped. That's that that's the qualifier <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, Saturday again, and it's been the last couple of Saturdays. It's rare for me. I've had a chance to literally sit and watch a bunch of games and flip around. And, and as I mentioned before, I, I swear the ACC there is just there's so much good basketball in that league on a, on a day to day game to game basis. Can't keep track of it. Um, you really can't. I, I mean, you guys will probably know this. I, I didn't know it until I looked it up. Who leads the league right now? Notre Dame. Yeah. Notre Dame, 5-0. and 3-0 and on the road. Yeah, that, that, and that's the big because They got a big road win against, uh, against Virginia, Virginia Tech, Tech yep. um, which looked like maybe they were going to be a team that was going to be almost impossible to go into to Blacksburg and beat, and, and obviously Notre Dame did it. I'm trying to figure out what the separator will be in this league other than a team like a Notre Dame. When you start to count up your road wins, can you get above 500 on the road and, and absolutely win every game maybe but one at home? If that's enough, that, that's probably going to get it done. They don't really lose at the Joyce Center. Like, right. That they I, I remember when UC played there at one point in time, they had like four losses since the place had been open. So um, they don't lose at the Joyce Center. So if they can get to five and four, or yeah, they play 18. 18 so believe, so yeah. six and four. Six and, six, six, and, six and three. That's probably a lot. I, five I mean, and dude, four. They've with, got three. They got three. I'm going to look at their schedule. They got three decent ones, I think, out of the way, or at least two decent ones, I think, yeah. out of the way already. I mean, but going to Virginia Tech and winning with that team there, yeah. it's a, that's a good road win. It's a, Buzz um, has got them a nice well, little gritty they, They've team. got coming up on Wednesday night, Notre Dame. They actually go to Florida State. Florida State coming off the loss at North Carolina, yeah. so they catch them in a buzzsaw. But then they got Cuse at home, Virginia at home, at Georgia Tech winnable, Duke at home, at UNC, which will be obviously a big game. And then they've got a stretch. Towards the end of this, Wake at home, Florida State at home, and then at BC and at NC State. So that, at the yeah. end of that is not off. You, you know what's crazy? They though? might it's get like, to five, you five can six, say, and three. You can say, hey, they got two of the tough ones out of the way, and they did. You were right. And then you there's think, six and there's, more coming. I know. There's nothing but tough ones in that conference. There's yeah. no doubt. Ridiculous. And even Boston College is supposed to stink is knocking people off. Yep. Yeah, right. So, right. oh, my God. But that's got to be brutal. I can't imagine what the psyche of the fans are like in that conference. I mean, it, well, I mean, look at the, the good part. They, most of the teams have actually done until Saturday. They've done a pretty good job at home. Georgia Tech beat North Carolina. Uh, we talked Virginia Tech beat Duke. Um, I think over the next two weeks, you'll start to see a little bit of separation you, you where, they'll, the, where they'll at least be a top half and a bottom well, half. I think Pitt is quickly sinking into the bottom half. They were yeah. horrible against Miami on Kevin Saturday. Stallings is terrible. See, I like Kevin Stallings. I don't know why. I just do. He's a, I mean, he, you might like him. It doesn't mean he's a good coach. I think he's a pretty good coach. That'll draw a text from Brian Snow. Oh, I know. Well, that's that's, a, that's why it was good. No, I was glad he did that because we hadn't yeah. done that yet on the show. I've, just for the record, I'm not the one firing all these coaches. I only fired, you two I'm, are the coach back. I haven't fired anybody. I've only fired a couple. You just say they all stink, I know. I've fired only a couple. I haven't, I haven't tried. I just took up for Kevin Stallings, for God's sakes. That's fine. Are we wrong to, to, to cap on Mark Gottfried, who, as we do this podcast, is about to lose at home tonight to Georgia Tech? Now, that might turn around, but no. No. That's you're, really the only person I've Le- crushed. Leonard Hamilton might have been a little out of line. I don't know. He doesn't do much for me. What the heck do you know about Leonard Hamilton? How I, many Florida State games have you watched? Dude, I used to remember him as an assistant at Kentucky back in the 70s. There you go. <laughs> that, that, that matters. I mean, You just asked, what do I know about Leonard Hamilton? I just gave it to you. I, I, do you know I've, he was I've an said, assistant on the 78 team that won a national championship? Were you aware of that? No. There you I go. I also wasn't Nor did I care. That. I didn't ask I you if you one. care. Did I, I ask you one. if you care? I just said, did you know? Go ahead. 
I, the, the only person I've really killed is Gottfried, and I don't think Stallings is a good uh, You killed coach. Matt Painter pretty good. Yeah, you think Painter stinks? Well, no, no, we didn't kill Painter. What We he, said that if... He if crushed we Painter the, well, a little bit, and I said I agree that if you had a great coach like, like Izzo, I think, he's a, yeah, I think Painter awesome. is an okay coach. I don't I think, think he's a bad coach. He doesn't scare you. He's not a right. guy that he's a difference maker, but I don't think anyone's going to say he's bad. Killed Kevin Ollie. Yeah, that, that okay. I'm all on that one. I'm just, I'm, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just going. I'm just trying to go drip by drip by I'll, drip. I'll, I'll own Kevin Ali. I don't think he's a good coach. No, I, I, you, you own that from the get go. I don't yeah. care for the record. I'm just letting you know Snow's going to tweet at you. Did we kill? Kel, did we kill Kelvin Sampson too? We didn't kill. We just killed him for doing things that he wasn't cheating. Supposed to do. Yeah, yeah. We, we killed Crean. Creepy Crean. Yeah. We don't. Do we kill Crean for coaching though, or do we kill him for just being generally creepy awkward yeah. and yelling at kids for throwing oops at the end of games like he just did? Yeah, today. Yeah, well, that was a little weird. I, 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 if I was going to make a criticism of Crean, he's clearly not a great defensive coach. Sure. Doesn't seem to care about it. No. No. Um, we talked about this, and I just want to touch on that league real quick before we get final takes time. That that league too is going to be goofiest things going Big on 10? because because no one no one can take charge. Well, Maryland is taking charge. Well, they all yeah. To some and, they're, and they're exactly, league. do you trust them? I mean, no, not really. But no. they've pro- I mean, Melo Trimble's probably the best point guard in yeah, the league. Yeah, I agree with that. And he's the best finisher in the league. There aren't many point guards in that league. Period. No, there's no. a major point guard problem in the Big Ten. Yeah, I, I mean, Maryland is Maryland is at the top of that league. I like Mark Turgeon. Does that count? I do, too. I like Mark Turgeon. I'm, I'm with you. So there we go. We like Mark, Mark Turgeon. Mark Turgeon fan podcast. All right. <laughs> we, we just had to say something I, nice about it. I like Doug McDermott. And, and I will say. You that, like Doug McDermott. Just a touch. Greg, I like Greg McDermott, or too. Greg McDermott, I mean. Greg, that's what I meant. Them. He likes both, both. both. Yeah. I like Dougie McBuckets yeah. and his dad. I like both. And Ohio State today got at least a win. They finally got off the schneid in the league. I mean, that, that, that thing was teetering on an absolute disaster, and it still could end Who'd up that beat? way in the league. Beat, beat Michigan State. Okay. I have a tweet deck. My co- team. I have a tweet deck column. He so. can't coach either. <laughs> <laughs> you know I say that with tongue firmly in cheek, yes. by the way. Go ahead. Uh, I have a tweet deck column set up. That's Chris Mack, you know, just see what people are tweeting about him or whatever. They and, really want to at Ohio State, and huh? like, and like each week, I see Ohio State fans tweeting stuff about Chris Mack and uh, and Chris Holtman from Butler saying. It. And then when that game was going on, it was like several Ohio State fans going watching this game with interest for the sidelines. Oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah. they're ready to run they're, out of already. There. Yep. I mean, he uh, he, uh, he might. Retire. Though. I mean, yeah, right. there has been talk yeah. that he might be close to, to yeah. calling a quit. And that, we talked about that earlier this year on the yeah. podcast. I think that will, he'll walk away well before he ever gets. I agree with that. I, I would. Absolutely they're not agree. firing him. No, and absolutely. I don't, I, again, not. like you said, I don't think they're going to need to. I think no. he'll walk away before that happens. It's, it's, I mean, if things continue to go poorly, he's not going to want to continue to do it if it's if it's too hard. Correct. And and as long as they're okay. Because Thad Mott is a heck of a coach. Yeah. yeah and, 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 and a recruit. He can recruit, and, too. And so honestly, like, let's face it. Every program in this day and age is going to hit a year where well, just things either you didn't have a, you know, like they, they had four guys transfer out. And this recruiting classes catch. I mean, even, I mean, and look you at your wagon to Jaquan Lyle. The, yeah. this, and this could be a topic for a, a different day, but I don't think Ohio has been very good in basketball over the past five years. That's there have been a couple dudes. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you got but, but since Sullinger and, 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 Adrian Payne and that group went through. There's been a guy or two here and there, but there hasn't been, I don't think, a really strong top to bottom, like top ten class in Ohio. Right. But, and they focused a lot on Ohio. But hey, and I think it hasn't worked out. They've taken some of the wrong guys. Like you know, I, I agree. You, you, you take Mark Loving instead of Nigel Hayes, and you don't get Nick Ward and and, and uh, Darren Cumberland's at UC, and you miss out on some point guard. You go AJ Harris early right. when they've he made wasn't some bad decisions. Enough, I mean, so. but I think that goes back to the depth of Ohio. Ohio not being, you know, there, yeah. there should be enough talent in Ohio that you can miss on a guy and still 
take the guy below him and do well. Um, how's how's it looking up in, in Ann Arbor for Xavier Simpson? He hasn't done a whole lot. Not good. No. So uh, we should probably talk about that on another day when we have like a Ohio State guest and we've done more research yeah. on the recruiting things. Yeah. I think that's a that's an interesting point that you bring up, and I don't have enough data. To I don't either, but I, I just from seeing the way. state yeah. over yeah. the past couple years, there's been some talent, but there hasn't been a wealth of – you know, top ten where you look at it and you go, man, they, there was really get, get a bunch two of or good three players. Of those guys yeah, and you're good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No question. All right, final take time for you, my man, and you've got a good one. And this relates to how sick Kentucky fans are. Okay, so my my younger brother is having a child. Congratulations to him. And yesterday, so they go to the hospital about ten o'clock in the morning, and um, they're there for a while, and it gets to four o'clock. Oh, and the Kentucky game starts at four o'clock. Kentucky game starts at four o'clock. So my brother had already been posting on Facebook a couple times, like this kid better come before this game because I watched the game. So four o'clock hits, and he's in the triage, and she's in the room with the nurse, and um, not to get graphic, is water broken at this point? No, yet? no, no, not yet. So he's watching the game on his phone. Of course, why not? Of course, and they come out at like four. Push, push. I mean the tempo, the tempo, push the tempo. Oh, yeah, you can push too, lady. So they they come out at like 4.30 and they're like, well, we're going to release her. You guys can go home. She's not dilated enough yet. She's not far enough along, so you guys can go home. So he lives about 40 minutes from the hospital. Ooh. So Caught caught it in between land. In between land. You know, they're, they're out of there at 4.45. The game's at halftime. Yeah. If he drives you home, just, you just, you know, you're on pins and needles when they play Auburn. Any, any yeah, time they play Auburn, yeah. I mean, it's Auburn. It's a, you know, it's a huge game. So, do they drive all the way home and miss? You know, he'd have to listen to it on the radio. God, God forbid that would happen. So they're right by a uh, some establishments. So my younger brother takes his fiance that's having contractions every three to four minutes to a B-dubs and gets What's some that? wings and some beer and watches the second half of the Kentucky game. And has her sitting there in the booth right next to him. Now, here's the great question. If it Nine had been, months pregnant. If it had been a close game and the water had broken, what do you think he might have done? What dilemma? That would have put him in a real tough dilemma, especially when he just ordered the teriyaki wings. It would have put him in a real tough dilemma. He might have called an ambulance. <laughs> UK, Auburn. Not Kansas. No. Not Louisville. Correct. Not the NCAA tournament. Correct. Auburn. Auburn. Correct. That's pretty extraordinary. That's outstanding. That is that is it. That and that is the microcosm of Kentucky fan right there. I love Absolutely. it. <laughs> did, did the birth take place? By the way, are we still waiting? Yeah. Well, they went they went home, then they went back and got sent home again, and then they went back at like midnight and admitted her. And within twenty minutes, she had the child. Well, that was kind of her. She, she waited. Yeah, it was great. Effort. Yeah, good for her. That's good stuff. So, so I got a little nephew. Very good. Congratulations, thank all, you. Including including him watching the Kentucky game. Unbelievable. All right, how about you? Last take time, Rick Broing. Um, Friday, little news. NCAA.org posted a story. Um, Dan Gavitt, the senior vice president of basketball for the tournament committee, and or I'm sorry, for the NCAA, announced that there would be a coming together of the minds behind some of the college's top basketball metrics for the NCAA Tournament Committee and figuring out how they're going to do that going forward. So Ken Pomeroy, who does Ken yep. Pom, Jeff Sagarin does a Sagarin ratings, Kevin Pago, who's KPI, and Ben Olimar is the BPI, all meeting in Indianapolis this coming Friday to discuss integrating more advanced metrics in the NCAA Tournament selection and seeding process. And all this comes down to is quit using the RPI. Like, they don't want right. to use the yeah, RPI, right. which, is why, which is why I've not been talking about it forever. Right. And saying what you I, what use I find it. interesting is they're trying to find a way to combine them all into one metric. 
that they can do something a little more Question universal is how, instead and, of going. And how can you how can you do that? You I can. guess you do it like the BCS kind of did, where you weigh each of them a certain way, twenty five percent each. Oh if, if, lord! Yeah. Oh lord! I was just say, yeah. I, you, get into that. You would know this better because I, I, I don't. I haven't looked at the SAGA ratings in a long time. I used to look at them a lot. I don't look at them much anymore. I do look at Ken Palm like everybody else does. I look at the RPI just because it's an easy number to look at. Um, as I say, how much then do they? How much is there a differential between maybe what Ken Palm has and Sagarin has? Quite a bit. Uh, that's what I'm wondering, and that's where when you start to, to put, do you put equal weight? Do you, I mean, you'd almost have to if you're going to do it this way. Yeah. Well, and again, they're trying to come up with something that would be, I think, more inclusive of all of them together. And I think it's a good thing, no matter what. I think the more you're looking at metrics and a better way to do it is a good thing. Now, I do not want them to go to it's a computer system and this ag- is it. Ag- agreed. It's got to be an eye and, and let me tell you why. Extent. And I think actually, I, I, we may even talk a little bit further on this on Thursday because I think it's a great it's a great topic because a team. In December is not the same team in February on many fronts. Injury, um, getting better, getting better, or getting, getting worse. worse. Yeah, I mean, there, there's so many fluid factors to all yep. of to all of that. Um, you know, dissension that you, it, it's not a tangible thing, but how many jerks you got on your team? Right, I know there's, there's some truth to that because you just you can't measure all of that, and that's where. I do. I think the numbers are important, so I'm not an anti. I'm not a. You still have to have the committee, but I, and I, I, would and I like, still think you have to have the eyeball test. Yeah. What I would like is is to to make the RPI go, RPI go away because it's terrible. What, what we need to do is it, it, they need to change the narrative for the media, so the media quits talking about things right. that don't matter. Well, right? well, or, or again, most fans will look at the RPI at the end and assume that because their team is ninth in the RPI, they're going to they're end a three be seed. a three seed, right? Yeah. And that's just not that's not the way it works because they've been taught to do it because all they see on TV is you've got top. Seven top fifty RPI right. wins and two top right. fifty RPI losses, and it's like, well, why does it matter if a team's fifty one or forty ninth? Like that team's not different. Correct. Those teams aren't different. Correct. Right. They're the same. So it, that's ridiculous. Again, that we're fluid, picking arbitrary fluid, numbers, but, the, but it's also the fluid nature of, of when some of that has come too. I mean, that's the other part. Absolutely. No question. There's a there's a lot of that too. There's a lot of moving parts. I think the big thing is like the the RPI didn't take into account at all how well you were playing. It's just basically who you beat, who what, they beat, right. who you played, that that type of thing. Where So like a 30-point win is the same as a one-point win, right. whereas um, the, Ken Palm is on the exact opposite side, which I think is better because you're taking how you played, you know, what your what your margin of scoring was in each game, and that gives you a more truer definition of how well you're playing, but then it doesn't take into account what games you win, which that also matters. If you're losing Absolutely. a bunch of close games, you're not a good team. You need to be better than that. So uh, you got you need it all. You need it all, and I don't think there's a great way to combine them all together. But I at least like that they're making a definitive statement of hey, let, we're let's, changing let, let's this. at least talk and, and at least fi- try to figure out a way. Well, and most importantly, I don't think they've been using RPI as like a main tool for the past several years. If you've listened to what the right. committee's been saying. But you need to make it clear that, hey, we're moving away from this so the media follows that lead and quits talking about RPI nonstop. Yeah. No, we'll talk about that a little bit more because I think it is int- it's an interesting topic because I, I, do, I do like numbers being used because I think it's, it's at least an impartial way to, to do some of this. But I also think your eyeballs have to tell you something too. And if you've got people that know the game, around the game, see the game, um, understand the game, I think sometimes their eyeball tests can, can help in that regard as well. Yep. All right, fellas, appreciate it very much. We'll be back on uh, Thursday to discuss some more college basketball. Thanks for listening to the podcast. And uh, certainly next time if your wife's going to have a baby and your team's going to play on that given day, make sure you head to a, to a chicken wing place close to you. It's always a good time. Have a good day. No free advertisements. No, I didn't do it. Yep. I, I didn't give it away. I like that. See you.